Hello, everybody. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast of Hashtag Life Goals. Some guy got fired from McDonald's because he was putting his mixtape in all the Happy Meals. Do you like being your own boss? Do you like walking everywhere? You want to talk with people? Then be a people walker. Each week, we go over one of our hashtag life goals, and we look at what steps we need to take to make those goals our reality. If you don't have a side hustle and you're looking for them, look for ones that A, won't detract from your career goals, will just help you supplement your income. But what also can make it easier is if you look for side hustles that utilize the skills you already have. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hey guys, we're back with hashtag life goals. And this week is hashtag side hustles. Hey everybody, how you doing? I am Chelsea. And I'm Amy. But before we get into side hustles, let's recap a little bit. How was your holiday, Chelsea? It was very good. Thank you for asking. Um, my grandparents, they live in Palm Springs and they don't do well with the cold. So my family and I just went down there instead for a couple, for a week or two. We rented a house. We were with the family. We had some fun shenanigan nights <laughs> and did a lot of hiking, walking around. So it was very great. How about you? How was your holiday? I was great. I stayed with my parents up in Washington State for three weeks. I got to see lots Ooh. of family, did a lot of organizing for my mom, caught up on going to the movies with my dad. Had a really good time, but one of the best things was some of the gifts I got are very focused on my hashtag life goals. Oh, do tell. <laughs> so one thing I got was I got a music book of Sarah Barrielis's first album, Little Voice. So that feeds into the whole making time for myself and doing the hobbies that I get a lot out of. Mm -hmm. So now I have an entire new book of piano music and guitar music to work on. And yeah. so I'm doing that every day. Oh, I love that album though. She's that's so great. It's a beautiful album. Yeah, my dad loves it too. So much. Right? Yeah. And the great thing is, is that her voice is very much in my range. So it works on the fact that I'm trying to get better at playing piano up to speed of the song and singing along with it. So this is going to be a great challenge for me. Mm -hmm. The other gift I got that feeds into my goals is I got an art book of Blade Runner 2049. Wow. It's stunning. Now, that movie is absolutely visually gorgeous. The sound design was amazing. It met all of my hopes and dreams for it as a sequel and above and beyond. Some people disagree, but that's neither here nor there. For me, this is a movie that had a great impact on me. So having this book where I not only get to read more about it and read behind the scenes and how they developed the landscape of each of these locations and a lot of it's about the production design, but it's also got stunning photography in it. So I'm excited. I would call it my bedtime reading, but it's really hard to read this one in bed because it is physically a large book. It's not that it's too long. It's that it's physically hard. I can't like lay on my side reading my book and then shove it in my bed frame. I like have to sit up. And then when I'm done, I need to like pick it up and take it over to a table in my yeah. house so, so it doesn't like, get ruined. So it's like a big paperweight that you have to go pick up and then sit and then actually be able yeah. to sit up to read it. It's bigger than an LP record. Okay. It's oh, wow. really big. Yeah. So you're just kind of opening kind of really, really big. Like, well, and it's heavy. So it's got to be on my lap or on a table. Or you could just like do lift like one, 
to like lifting up. Oh, so like I above. can get my exercise in so at the get, same time. Exactly. Get your exercise in. There you go, girl. That's a good tip. I haven't worked out much. So I think that maybe that's what I'll start doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But did you, you get anything life goal related for Christmas? I did. There was one thing that was that caught my eye for a while, but I didn't think I was going to get it. But my parents were very nice enough to get it for me. I ended up getting a tablet. And the tablet brand that I have is something called Remarkable. It's basically kind of like the Kindles or the iPads, those ones that you have. Right, but yours is not like a general tablet used no. for apps and all sorts of things. It's no. got a very specific purpose. It is specifically for note-taking, for drawing, for writing, no social media, no nothing else whatsoever. It's solely for this. Well, that's uh, good for like limiting your focus. Yeah, no, it's definitely great. And what's awesome about it is that they have technically different utensils that you can use. You can make it be like a pen or a pencil. You can um, change up the ink, what you want. And what's also really great is that you can write on it. And then if you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can convert what's written to actual text. So printed text. Printed text, yes. And if there's anything that's screwed up, you can edit and change it. And then you can share it via a PDF or a ping to an email. So that way you can send your notes. That's how that you way. sent me your notes for today. Yes. Okay. All yes. right. Yes. All makes sense now. Yeah. I sent Amy some notes regarding a hashtag, si- hashtag side hustles and life goals uh, while we were on break. It's just, it's for me, handwriting is better flow. Because I'm able to get my ideas that way. I can put everything down. I don't go back and I, you know, delete and type things on the computer, like rethinking. And also this doesn't have any black, a blue light. So it doesn't like, it's kind of like that you write on it and black. Similar to a paper white, like on the Kindle. Exactly. No, I love this thing. I already have like maybe eight main folders and each of them already have two. And yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. It sounds like you're on the road to achieving your year goals by really focusing in. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, now that we have sat with what our year goals are for the last couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. how do you feel? Are you making progress in any areas? Are there areas you haven't touched yet? I... I feel like I'm making some. I think with the, I don't want to say it's because the tablet, it's changed my life. No, I think it's um, like the tablet contributed, but I do think I feel like I'm a little bit more focused and I have a little bit more better of an idea going forward regarding um, uh, focusing on my work rather than trying to do a lot of things at once. I still, when I get bored, I'm okay, maybe I'll watch this or I'll do this app, but I'm trying to actively not do so. So that way I can focus more on my work. There's actually a Chrome app that I applied to my browser. It's called Noisily. Basically, it's a free app that you can do on your Chrome. You can get it for your iPhone for like $1.99. And what happens is that it has a variety of noises that you can create to help with either productivity, for relaxation, helping you sleep. And you can pick whatever noise combo that you want to play in the background while you're working. So what noise combo do you go with? Right now, I have a mixture of wind, thunder, and rain. And then another one I have is moon. Not it's it has the shape of a half moon, but it's like crickets and the moon, right? Like the night, like that nighttime area. Um, uh, twigs like crackling, and then a f- nice fire, nice fire crackling. So I have those two different combos for productivity. They also have like a coffee shop, or you're on the train, or white noise, brown noise. I don't do well with those ones because they're right. a little too distracting for me personally. Right. Well, maybe you'll get even more tips on how to like focus in when we mm-hmm. do our next episode, which is going to be hashtag overstimulation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you'll learn even more and get to focus in even more. Yeah, exactly. 
How about you? Have what? How do you feel about your goals so far? I feel like I'm doing a good job at again focusing in and trying to make sure that the work I'm doing is going towards what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done anything for my my health and wellness goals. Uh, I just got back from vacation, but and I only worked out once when I was on vacation. Um, I do think I managed to not gain any weight over the holidays, so that's a positive. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a step towards mm-hmm. losing 10 pounds is not adding pounds to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in that way, I think I'm, you know, getting ready for it. Um, I haven't really done anything towards my other goals yet, so we'll see. Um, Hopefully this month I can start making some traction on those. Yeah, no, I'm sort of on the same realm that I – I mean, health and wellness, I was at Palm Springs with my family, so it was just a lot of hiking, a lot of walking, so – Well, that's good. That was very good. I did it for you. Yeah, it did it for me. Exactly. So that's kind of the same. Uh, The whole relationship thing, obviously have not focused on that whatsoever. I'm now in the very career-driven focus do that. So I'm kind of more focused on I think January is a really good time to be getting focused on your career because it's like if you get things lined up in the right way, Mm -hmm. then some of the other stuff gets easier to handle because you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about this because I'm moving in the right direction in this category. Now I can turn my focus to a different category. Exactly. And then I just don't get distracted by the romanticizing that happens and get easily heartbroken when it's, I shouldn't be worrying about that at all. Yeah. All right. Um, so for hashtag side hustle, the question is, what is a side hustle? What can be defined as a side hustle? Right. So we discussed this quite a bit. Chelsea's got some research to share with us. Mm-hmm. But for me, the difference between like your regular gig and a side hustle, it has to do with fi- both finances and career path. So for example, if you have a full-time gig that is your main source of income, that's usually, that's your job, that's your gig, unless it's something that you are ready to drop the minute that your dream job comes along. Then it's a side hustle. Or if you're like actively working on things that are furthering your career and you're just filling in with other stuff to pay the bills. So for me, for the most part, my side hustles are, they help me fill in between jobs on set. Yeah, I think that is a perfect um, definition and description of what it is because it literally, especially I feel here in Los Angeles, you need to have multiple jobs in order to make ends meet and rent. Right, and, and, and you know, everybody knows the old trope that, you know, all actors are also waiters, yeah. you know, in restaurants or bartenders because they ought to work in between mm-hmm. those acting jobs, but- um, unfortunately, now in our country, this is becoming more real across the nation that people have more than one job to make ends meet. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, the um, the main research that I got was uh, this awesome article from Business Insider. And one of the things that they talked about, there was an investment company uh, called Betterment that found that 67% of people with a side job are doing it mainly for financial reasons, for paying off death, debt, um, for retirement plans, et cetera. And that figure was based on a survey with a thousand other Americans, 25 years or older. 500 of them have said that the side hustle that they have is on top of their full-time job. And another 500, they're using their side hustle as their main source of income. So basically it's like, you know, they're using the side hustles because like I will get into this. I did retail for a while. So that was my side hustle because that was something I was doing on the side until I got onto a project that I was lucky to be work on called Suicide Squad for the visual effects department. So basically the side hustle, it's 
even though it's not what you want to do, it's something you're going to have to need in order to make, you know, be able to live the life that you want in a sense and kind of go through that struggle. And (laughs) yeah. And I think one of the goals is to really make sure that you pick side hustles that enrich your life. Don't just weigh you down. Mm Because the hardest thing is when you watch people who are in a job that they hate, Mm -hmm. that is preventing them from doing what they love because they're Mm -hmm. not ready to make that jump yet. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about how, you know, two years ago, I finally made that jump. But that was really hard for me to do. I loved what I did. My reason why it was hard for me to do is I felt a commitment to the job I was in. And I kept Mm -hmm. allowing that to be an excuse for me of why I couldn't leave yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I can't leave yet because so-and-so is going on vacation. So I need to be able to be here to cover for them. Oh, I can't leave yet because we have this big thing coming up soon and we got to prepare the company for it. Mm -hmm. And um, it really can get in the way of following your dreams, doing what is going to ultimately make you live a happier, fuller life. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, One of the jobs that I had, I talked about this a little bit last episode, after um, Suicide Squad, one of the jobs that I had was I had interned at a client management and media production company. And I ended up going there and was hired as a receptionist there. And I worked there for about a year. And I like, as I was saying, it was um, a great experience and it was sort of different every single day, but it was the same routine. But because the hours were very long, it was five days a week. It was like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night sometimes. Sometimes would have to be earlier. Sometimes I have to go in during the weekend. But because of how much that job demanded, I felt like I couldn't leave. I, I, a couple months in, I kind of realized that it really wasn't where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. But I felt like I couldn't leave because I didn't really have an outlet or I didn't know exactly where to go. There were things in the job, like there were sometimes I got to do script reading for producers or managers to see, you know, if it would be a good fit for them or whether, you know, move on to the next, which I love to do. But there are other things that, you know, weren't my cup of tea. And- or more menial or, yes. you know, administrative. Yeah. And that's the tough thing is if you're spending you know, five, six days a week, like more than full time, mm-hmm. that doesn't leave time for a lot else. Yeah. You know, that other day off that you have, you spend sleeping all day or getting your housework done or going grocery shopping. So when are you supposed to have time for you to sit down and write or for me to sit down and work on my website or mm-hmm. to apply to jobs? It just doesn't leave room for much. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is that I don't know the full story, but basically I was let go slash fired because I think I think one of the reasons was because they realized that I wasn't going to be there. I expressed that it wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And so in a lot of ways, they did you a favor. They did. You didn't have to find a way out. They're like, this isn't where you belong. Mm -hmm. You have other things you want to do. Go out and do them. Exactly. It sucked at the time, but it actually motivated me to, to also... Thanks to my mom, because after she found out I was fired, she did some research and she found the UCLA professional screenwriting program. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't fired and my mother didn't look into it, I wouldn't have applied for it and I wouldn't have gotten into it and I wouldn't be a TA for it now. So I have to be somewhat grateful. For, for me, that. it was mm-hmm. kind of similar, but mm-hmm. a little bit opposite. I wasn't <laughs> fired. I quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually walked out, um, which for me was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this because I'm always that person's like, you always give two weeks notice. You want to have good references. Don't ruin a reference for yourself. You know, you can work it out. And so for me to make that choice was 
very uncharacteristic, but I'm so glad I did mm-hmm. because the thing is, is that they knew the entire time I was there that I was planning on eventually leaving to pursue my career in film. And they would say that they were very supportive, but I knew that they actually were never going to let me leave. Mm-hmm. The The boss that I had was really focused on trying to keep me as ingrained in my position as humanly possible. So that way I would never feel that I could leave. Yeah. Because she knew that she could count on my loyalty and the fact that I felt I had a commitment to them. And she preyed on that. And yeah. if I did not walk out, if I had tried to do the two weeks, I would have either A, flipped out and gotten fired, which I did not want to do, or she would have convinced me to stay. Yeah, I feel that that's something that regarding, um, I don't want to say for all bosses, but I definitely feel like for a majority of the situation, when you go for kind of the nine to five or those kind of gigs or whatever, if you de- if you demonstrate loyalty and like good, you know, work and you provide enough for your boss, you know, to be happy with the work that you're doing, they're going to be wanting to kind of keep you there a little bit. Right. More. Some, some, I, I don't want to say everybody is like, you know, for, for what happened with you. Um, no, you know, of not course not. Else. Like I have mm-hmm. some bosses who definitely feel I feel valued at, that they feel lucky to have me while they have me for my side hustles, but they are very aware that when other films come up, that I will not be available. Mm -hmm. And they 100% support me in that. And I'm so blessed now that I have these jobs instead of the one I was at before that are so supportive in it. Yeah, no, that's a really great thing. And another thing that goes from the Business Insider is that I think as of right now, one third of the U.S. workers today are mainly freelancers, and that number is supposed to go up to 40 percent by 2020 uh, because it's become uh, from also from Betterment. They said more and more workers are supplementing the traditional 95 for independent or temporary work. Right. So a lot of these, you know, side hustles, like some of the famous ones like Lyft and Uber, you're an independent contractor for them. Exactly. So. Think about how many Lyft and Uber drivers there are. No wonder they think that independent contractor work is going to be going up to like 40% or more. Yeah. There was also another uh, – trying to find what his name was. There was another um, – uh, uh, Andrew Westland is his name. He's a uh, CFP. He was saying kind of the reason and the major benefit as to maybe why people are doing side hustles more and what the major benefit is is that it provides opportunity for diverse, uh, diverse income. And by having a diversified income, you can start kind of having a key component in planning for the future in the head. So it's yeah. better planning and focusing on where you pick and choose. It is kind career. of nice, you know, when you've only got one job's income, it's kind of like, you know, your paycheck comes in, you pay a bunch of bills, and then you're like, I'm broke. I can't save anything. But when you have multiple jobs, you can kind of earmark those payments. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, when I get paid from this job, I'll use that to pay my bills. This other job, when I get that check from them, I can put that in my savings. It, mm-hmm. it gives you more options because you have more paydays too. Even if it's smaller amounts, yeah. you have income coming from multiple areas. It's a little easier when you see it piecemeal like that to earmark them for different things. Yeah. And then I'll also with what we were talking about earlier, by having the diverse income, like doing more project, project, or a lot of jobs at once, yes, it's a little scary, but it kind of pushes you to kind of be more... 
I don't want to say confrontational, but kind of like, you know, take the bull by the horns and take chances and be, okay, devote to this, devote to that. And then also it's different. It provides like a little simulation of like not doing the same routine every single day for me at least. Cause I, I agree. And it also opens you up to lots of opportunities. Yes. So if you are doing more than one job, that means you are exposed to more people to the people that you work with at these jobs, to the customers you have at these jobs, which who knows what opportunities will spring from that. A lot of my side hustles had led me to production gigs. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the other benefits of having that diversified income. Yeah. I mean, I met you when I was technically doing my side hustle and look where we are right now. Exactly. We're doing a podcast. Okay. So to start off our hashtag side hustles, Let's talk a little bit about like the kinds of side hustles you did as a kid. Yeah, because they're very different from when you do it as an adult. Or they some could of be them the are same. not. <laughs> some of them are not. Some of them could be the same. But a lot of them, when you're little, you're like, oh, we're going to, it's the first time besides allowance, you get money and you'll be able to, you know, get the things that you want. And right. All that so, I mean, there are stuff. the basics like mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't do paper routes anymore. I tried mm-hmm. to do that when I was about 11 and it had already moved to the point where they were doing it in cars. Yeah. And so... People don't really do paper routes anymore as a side hustle as a kid. Some adults might do it. Yeah. But, um, you know, babysitting. Yep, I did that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the side hustles that you did as a kid? Yes. Uh, babysitting was one of them for sure. I used, I actually, when I first started, I co-babysat with one of my best friends. So we would babysit together. Um, Some fun stories here and there. Uh, I also did pet sitting for a while, I was kind of the neighborhood girl that would pet sit everybody's animal, like their rabbits, their dogs. Not so much cats because there weren't so many cats around, but, you know. Some- and cats don't need anybody. <laughs> That's true. I, I There was one time that I, I kind of – it's it's a bit of a morbid story, but I guess I'll tell Do it tell. anyway. Okay. So basically what happened is that it was my brother's friend from school. I was pet sitting – all their gerbils or hamsters. I believe it's hamsters. But so I had pets at them a couple times before. So there was one time they were away for vacation. I think it was for a weekend. So they were in our house, the gerbils. And so one time I wanted to go, you know, check them and see how they're doing. So one time I opened the cage and grabbed one of them called Hershey. This, this is important to know for later on. Whole, as soon as I held Hershey, she started squirming around in my hands. I'm like, okay, okay, baby, I'll put you back. I'll put you back. And immediately she just shoved into the corner of the cage and just started shoving her head into the... Yeah, she was shoving it nonstop. And then she just stopped. There, I was frozen for a few minutes and I screamed for my mom and dad and they concluded that the hamster was dead. The ham- I was the last person to hel- hold the hamster before they decided... Not decided, but the last person to hold that hamster before it died. And I was 13 at the time. I was very emotional. Yes, it was very emotional. And I was very sad. I was like, oh, my God, I killed their hamster. But it wasn't my fault, per se. But I just felt so bad. Yes. But the. the That's like your bird box. I'm sorry. It's like your bird box. The lady's like bashing it. This hamster is suicidal. <laughs> Both of our producers right now yeah. are just like mouthing at me. Bird box, bird, bird box, box, bird box. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It is yeah. a definite watch. It is great. But, but we're not going to talk about it because we would be spending the whole podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. But no, now that you're pointing that out, Nico, yes, that it does sound a lot like bird box. But here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. The family was still away for a couple of days. So to oh make God. so what we had to do, my mom actually so had to do it. So you didn't do a burial because you couldn't. No, because the family we hadn't couldn't. come yet. Exactly. So we had to put the body in the freezer, 
in a in a little box. And because her name was Hershey, my mom put a little Hershey bar next to her body. And now that makes me think of Arrested Development with like the dove in the freezer so he can return it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that was um, one of the more morbid cases. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I haven't had a hamster since, because I'm just so scarred from what I thought the hamster killed itself because I held it once. Right. I know it's not my fault, but. Right. But it still, it leaves a lasting impact. (laughs) Well, when I was a kid. I also did the babysitting, but I mm-hmm. think one of the most memorable like side gigs I did is when I was 10, I would go on the weekends with my dad and help him rewire new office buildings to prepare their network for their computer network. So I would be up in the ceiling carrying cable across a drop ceiling and trying not to fall through or like sticking my arm up into the fiberglass in a wall to pull the phone cord down to the jack. So that was like my first job. It's a, that, it basically was like training you to like be like the next upcoming electrician for whatever building that you went to with having to do all the, yes. the dirty work I of have, construction. I have lots of handyman and tech experience. So I am always that person, even at my side hustles when something is broken or malfunctioning, they call on me to come and fix it because I will probably know how to do it. It explains for sure. It explains so much. Like when we when we filmed a couple films together and there were times when we had to film somewhere specifically where the fan would turn on with the light. And I was like, I don't understand how this works. And Amy just goes up, she takes the layup thing off, unplugs where the fan is, and is like, okay, let's shoot. So <laughs> it so, really comes in handy, all these little special skills. That yes, I have. exactly. But it explains so much now, right. so much. But that kind of thing was my side hustle because mm-hmm. other than being a kid and having to go to school, I actually had a job um, because I was an actress and a model when I was a child. So I had to learn from a very young age, you know, how to manage my time, um, how to be professional. So I think that exposed me to then taking on more of these little random jobs because I could adjust to them so well. It wasn't the same as teaching a kid how to do something because I was so focused on learning and doing it correctly and being professional. So I was already kind of, you know, more mature in that sense. It kind of, I don't want to say forced you, but sort of made you grow up quicker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One that I had... It wasn't during school, but it was during summer one time. Which is common for most high school students, you know, your parents in summer and they don't want you lazing around. So like, go get a job. Exactly. I I was still doing the pet sitting and babysitting, not as much, but one job that I did have for a little bit, I don't know what convinced me to, but I don't know if it was my parents, it was me. I can't remember the details, but I ended up working at a bagel shop. I don't know. This was kind of a funny moment that happened. I was working the shift one time. And I was out the front, you know, making bagels. And then there was a boy that came in and he immediately went to the boss and he had asked, you know, can I get a job here? And so and she said, I'm sorry, we don't have any available spots as of right now. And he was cool, collected like, oh, okay, and left. But in the back where I was making the bagels, I kind of was like smiling to myself like, Oh, I got the gig before him. Right. There wasn't a job because they hired you. <laughs> they hired me. Yeah. I mean, I felt somewhat bad, but at the same time, I was like, yes, I got this. I got it. <laughs> okay. Amy, it's your turn. High school. Any jobs? My first high school jobs were retail, but one of the most interesting things I did during those years is I worked for a wholesale jewelry company. 
Mm-hmm. I got hired on to do to build their website for them and their email server and to photograph all their jewelry for their website Ooh. and set up online ordering. So it was a really cool gig. Um, and I really got to practice my skills at photography. And I made, I'm not going to lie, I made some really gorgeous pictures of watches and bracelets that were billboard worthy. I want to see them. Right? <laughs> it didn't go on very long because they quickly realized they needed somebody who, A, could do it full time. And B, these two women had just started the company and they both had very different views on how they wanted things. They couldn't seem to stick with the same cohesive, creative vision for how they wanted stuff photographed. Mm -hmm. So I was wasting a lot of time having to redo perfectly good photos because the other one didn't wanted to see it done differently. They really didn't know what they wanted. And so by hiring somebody who worked full time, then... I think they were able to let go of that control a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really interesting job to have while I had it. Nice. Yeah. No, that sounds like an interesting job. Because photography is an- another hobby of mine. I don't pursue it often, but it's you get a kick out of it when you get like a really good photo, especially if it's something that you love to do. So Yeah. Just and of- a lot of this was not just getting the photos, but editing them. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. Because this is in the early days of Photoshop. Like this is Photoshop like three It was before the iPhotos in the MacBook uh, Pro. And it was before CS and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, so it was really spending, I spent a lot of high school in Photoshop messing around. Mm -hmm. Um, You should have seen my melodramatic.com page. Like, oh, it was filled with so much art. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish that website was still around so you could see it, but it is not. I will use my imagination and try to picture it the best way that I can. With the image and idea of it came from the mind of Amy Covell. <laughs> I have a few of the artwork at home. I can show it to you. Okay, perfect. That'll fill the gaps that I need. Right, that'll fill the gaps. So, but yeah. So those are, you know, you do like the little odd jobs when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hit high school, it's more about like, go out, be in the real world, learn how to make money. Yes. But those are, you know, they're just jobs. A lot of a lot of times those aren't things that are going to turn into career for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we get focused on our career, as we've talked about, we still need our side hustles. So yes. let's get into what some of the side hustles we have had in recent years while we are pursuing our film careers. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, why don't you start us off? All right. So as we've talked about before, my main side hustle was retail. It was during a time where I was in between projects and it was actually at a point where I was on going to be on film location for a job, but it fell through. So I literally was sitting in my apartment for three months doing nothing. And then finally one day, I think it was from motivation from my parents and also just with how kind of discouraged I was with myself, I got off my ass and I went and applied for many retail gigs for a part-time thing. I did the dual interview with the other Chelsea, spelled differently with Amy there, and I ended up getting that position. So I worked in retail for about a year, year and a half total, I will say, because the first time it was about eight months. And that was when I worked in a Topanga location, so it was further away from where I was. And basically, as any retail associate knows, You organize the clothes, you sell the clothes, you make the clients happy and comfortable and, you know, try to make a decent. Right, right. We all have kind of an idea of what's involved in retail. It is still more involved than most people think, but 
It's the basic gist. Yeah. And then also just depending on what company you work for, it can depend on the retail and kind of like your approach and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you actually worked for us two different times because you, you worked at the first location. Um, that location actually ended up closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I offered for you to come to the other one, but then you got a gig. I which did. Which is great. Yeah, I got uh, it. But when that gig ended... She came back to work for me at yep. the other location. <laughs> so she joined my other team and she stayed with us until you got the, the receptionist gig. The receptionist gig, yes. So that was kind of that was kind of my time in the retail. And uh because it was sort of like the first big side hustle or side kind of like job that I took, I was kind of overwhelmed and kind of like I don't want to say I circled my whole life around it, but definitely at that moment of time where like, you know, I needed money, I needed to pay rent, I needed to do something like to get out of the house and be more active in my social life and things. It became something that was just, you know, became part of my routine. And there were definitely highs and there were definite lows. Uh, I will say by being a sales associate, um, some of the pros were that I was able to be more confident in a way, I got to uh, be more confident in approaching people and engaging conversation with people. Right, because you're talking to complete strangers mm-hmm. and you're talking to someone totally different from one moment to the next and you're trying to build that relationship in seconds. Exactly. And with every person, it's also different because they may be very talkative. They may not want to talk at all. They may be passive aggressive. You do not know. And then I also feel with me because since I technically have a learning disability, which I feel affects my communication skills, because I can get very nervous and unsure of what to do in situations, I can ramble or I can go off or I can just, you know, have like (laughs) nervous laugh (laughs) and just, yeah, basically do that. So I just felt like I was kind of like, like practice for life. Yeah, like, talking to all of these people, you were really p- practicing how you were going to communicate in the world and be able to further your c- career by having better communication. Exactly. I don't know why I have this image in my head, but it's like I'm seeing everybody else's like graceful like penguins like being able to waddle nice. And I'm just like this little fuzzy penguin baby. I'm just kind of like this. <laughs> like that's how I felt with communicating. Like I know that's not the best example, right. but that's just kind of how I felt. So being able to do that, I was able to work on my communication skills better. I think I was able to, you know, adapt in a way to kind of, you know, approach everything with kindness and friendliness because in all honesty, I people can be nasty. No, people can is, be nasty. Like, you can't be nasty back when they're the customer, but it definitely teaches you a level of patience yes. and about how to get the right response out of people and not rise up to whatever attitude they're putting out, but to create that kind of calming presence exactly. that makes them open up to you. Yeah, definitely. No, agree with 100%. You get the patience to kind of tolerate with people like that. And you right. also are able to kind of kind of switch on to this other demeanor in a way that might be different from your normal everyday life. So that's definitely something. And I think it also kind of motivated me by working there to be a little bit more, you know, hands-on and be able to, you know, take charge of this situation and kind of go full force and, you know, apply that work approach and that work persona, like more like 110%. Right. Yeah. What were some of the cons to working in retail for you? Well, as slightly mentioned, some people, when they're the clients in retail, they're not always the kindest. Like, I don't want to 
this is not for everybody, obviously, but I not th- everybody's made for retail. I no. will tell you that. And no. As a retail manager for 15 years, like I have so many friends who have done it for like a holiday season mm-hmm. come up to me and they're like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Cause I, I think one of the things that I feel like it's like a general stigma in retail is that the client somewhat looks down on the sales associated. Not everybody, but sometimes right, they do right. that. They, in those moments, they forget that the person they're talking to is a person too yes. and deserves respect. Exactly. And instead, they're like, get me this, get me that, and that kind of thing. Or if they come in, they or already- they blame you for things that are not your fault. Exactly. You know? Like mm-hmm. there are sometimes there's like already, like there's sometimes, I remember a couple times when bringing clothes for someone, mm-hmm. they would put it on. As soon as they take it off, there's deodorant marks on it. Oh yeah, there's deodorant stains and they act like, uh, this is damaged. Like, no, your deodorant stained it. Yeah, and then they blame the associate because they're just mad at the situation that it's not perfectly pristine like it was beforehand. So sort of that like passive, aggressive nature and clientele, that was that was something hard to deal with. But again, taught patience. I think another thing was um, sometimes... With who you worked with, yeah. I don't know why. For some reason, it's that's kinda- the thing. It's like if you're in an office job, you know the team that you have. They're the same people every day, yeah. and you build a rapport with them. But in retail, they're all, for the most part, other than the managers, it's all part-time workers. Yeah, and so you're working with different people every day. You don't necessarily work with the same person all the time, and so you have to like learn what works with them because everybody's personality is different. Yeah, no, definitely. There are times where some people that I worked with, like lovely Amy over here, and then some (laughs) other workers, you know, great, best friends and like have a really fun balling time. Other times, other people, you just either you don't know how to connect or they already have like some sort of like They have to click. Yeah, exactly. It sort of feels like the click of like Mean Girls. Right, right. (laughs) You know, you're going to run into that into any job, Mm -hmm. but um, you definitely... It's a little tougher when you run into it in retail because you don't always have the other coworkers there that you do connect with. Yeah, and that can help you support you and kind of get you through those situations that you're kind of going through. And then also, uh, it's a little thing, but like being under fluorescence all day and also being on your feet all day, it can kind of mess with your brain and your mind because with the fluorescence, you just feel like it's daytime all the time. It's daytime all the and time. And you're very stressed and your eyes feel very strained. And then- Now, you know, I love music. My favorite part of the day was right after we closed the store and we turned off the radio. Yes. I was like, oh my God, silence. Yes. Because even though I love music, like it's just, it's nonstop. Because there's the music in your store, there's music in the mall. And then they know, of course, there's all of the people milling around and creating all of that noise. That moment of silence was, silence is golden. That moment was like 24 karat gold. Yeah, no, totally agree. Like, I, again, my Instagram handle is, it says musicaholic. So I am with you there that I love music. I love listening to it. I li- literally listen to it every single day. But Definitely in that scenario at the mall with the stuff inside the store you hear a thousand times before. It's, well, stuff. it's like another example of overstimulation. It's yes. just like there's so much going on. And then when that door closes and the customers are gone yeah, and you turn off the music, it's like, oh, my God, I can breathe. It's sort of just like a like feel like the stress leaving my back. Yeah. It like lifts off your shoulders. And I mean, I'm someone with APD, so I'm someone that, you know, can hear everything. So having that at all leave at once, it's just, what's happening? Yeah. It's like, what's happening? 
And I've only experienced that once when like climbing, not the, obviously not the top of Mount Everest, but there was another mountain I went to with family once and you go to the top and you hear nothing. And it's just, Mm -hmm. what is this? Peaceful. What is this magic? What is this serene environment? Yeah. It's just amazing. But yeah, those would be the cons for, um, for, for retail. But I mean, again, learned a lot. There are pros. There are skills that I took away with effective communication, having more patience and kind of being more take the bull by the horns and be able to, you know, be more proactive. And the cons were sometimes crappy people and not always having the same people to interact with that you're connected with and just standing and standing under fluorescence all day. And yeah, anybody that is going to do retail, do not wear heels if you're going to be standing in eight hours. Do not wear heels. It and hurts. It's, it's really frustrating that some of the retailers really want you to wear heels because it's like, have you stood on this concrete floor? Because it's not just about being able to walk in heels for eight hours a day or four hours if you're a part-timer. It's the fact that the mall floors have no padding on them. It mm. is literally concrete underneath those whatever flooring they have put in for the store. And And so it's a lot harder on your back. And unless you have a very well-structured heel shoe, that's not going to help either because then all the weight is going onto the the ball of your foot and scratched up in your toes. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's it's not great. But again, I'm talking to the woman that wears heels a lot and can deal with it. What is that story you're talking about that you ran a long time in heels? I used to wear heels every day. Um, but working in retail for so long, I slowly moved away from heels into flats because I just because being in them at work was killing me. So, but you know, now that I've had back surgery, I don't wear them quite as often. But I am wearing them more often now that I'm not in retail. So, okay, so you did retail, and what else have you been doing? So my other side hustle would be working at a temp agency. That's a great side hustle if you can get it. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely is if it works out. So it was after I was let go from the receptionist gig. I got into the UCLA professional program. So I was going to school for class, but I still had all this very extra time and no money. So a college pro- professor recommended this temp agency to me that he knew through a student of his. So I signed up, got an interview, and then... There were some gigs that started coming in. There were filing gigs. There were, uh, they eventually wanted me to do a lot of more reception gigs because of my background. One that I did a lot was for this company called Premier Business Center, Mm -hmm. which was basically an office that held a lot of empty cubicles, empty desk space, and they would rent it out to their clients to have as like their own personal office. So basically supporting their either side hustle or main business that they were trying to go for. So that was the one that was the most consistent mm-hmm. that I did, which What do you af- like about temping? I liked the variety of it. What I like about it is the variety of the different jobs and kind of something new and something different. And then it's also kind of, so something of a different change. And I think also with each one, obviously it's not what I want to do for my, the rest of my life, but I feel with each one, I sort of gained a little bit of knowledge or confidence or skill takeaway from it. So let's say I was doing a reception gig. I would be more confident in, you know, taking phone calls, transferring them, scheduling meetings and emails because it had been so long since I had done it with the other reception gig. And also with my APD, I feel like it's a bit of a crutch because crackling through the phone, the loud phones. and It's a lot to overcome, but you have to find ways to overcome it. Exactly. So kept putting you in positions where you 
were exposed to it and had to do it. Exactly. And then especially with Premier Business Center, you kind of have to be forced to take on this sort of authoritative role in a way. Like Mm -hmm. you have to take on this role where you know what you're doing, you know what's happening and kind of guide other people that don't like have questions about either this machine or this meeting. Right, because it's not their office. They're just renting it. And so they don't know. Exactly. So you're the person that's the liaison. Yeah. And then there are times when you don't know, but you just have to put on a brave face and pull through it. Fake it till you make it, girl. Exactly. I will say it was kind of fun the times when either we had another temp come in or we had someone else that was going to be training for the position that I had until I left for, you know, the dream job. Yay. Uh, So kind of being able to kind of teach them and kind of go through the steps. For some reason, I I took a lot of pride in that. I really liked being able to kind of guide someone through what I went through and kind of learn how to do this job. And then for them to defer to me for questions, it was just, it's a, it's a weird reversal in a way, because I would be the one asking a lot of questions. And then afterwards, um, when I, apparently got to the point where I was handling things. I was the one that was asked questions on how to do things. So it's just like, huh. It's- so all of a sudden you you became the authority. Exactly. It, it felt good, but weird at the same time. Right. <laughs> but I will say the only con thing as of right now with temp gigs is that I'm off it now, but especially when I was at PBC, um, I got into that little same hole of like, I feel like I can't leave. I feel like there's like, right. Not much even to- though it was technically a temp gig, yes, they were not really looking to fill the position with someone else. Exactly. They really liked me and they liked what I did. So that was kind of the thing of how I was sort of like stuck in that position again. And at the same time, I was starting to get bored. So then I would, um, start to, you know, do some more writing on the side or do other things to kind of keep me preoccupied from that gig. But eventually things fell into place and I was able to kind of move away when I was able to do TAing for UCLA and then start focusing more on freelance. Right. So yeah, I like the variety and other things, but the con, but I did have some nice takeaways of being able to have more confidence. Once again, confidence seems to be a big thing for me because I don't seem to have it. You'll get there, girl. Get there. And then the other one that it's on and off as of right now, but like what I did when I was younger, I pet sitting. Uh, See? Comes back. Some of those kid jobs turn into actual side hustles that make you money. Exactly. Well, I mean, for this one, it's on and off for right now. Sometimes there's things that come in. Sometimes there are things that don't. But uh, I am partnered a partnered. I am uh, working with an app called Rover, which basically I work for the same app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which- We're actually going to pick up one of my Rover dogs today, right after we record this. <laughs> I wonder what the dog's going to be like. We shall see. But yeah, with with Rover, for those that don't know what that is, but if you if you haven't heard of it, then where have you been? Exactly. Where have you been? Basically, it's an app where you can select pet sitters nearby. So you can either pet sit, you can feed, you can drop in a visit, or you could take on walks for the dogs. Right. So, it's- so for me, I mostly take dogs into my own home. So you're going out of town for the weekend. You need someone to watch Scruffy. You would drop Scruffy off at my house and I will take care of him while yeah, you're gone. Exactly. But I mean, with Rover as of right now, it's a little bit harder for me to take on that gig because there's an actual dog walker that he doesn't live in the complex, but 
everybody knows him. So everybody goes to him for business. So there's one who services pretty much your entire building. Yeah, he services the entire building. I meet with him all the time. He's super nice. He's super chill. He's super great. But I will say it is nice that Chelsea and I both do Rover because then when clients reach out to me and I'm unavailable because I'm going to be on set, I can recommend them to her. And that means I get a little extra money in my pocket to help pay for rent for the day. So thank you, Amy. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So now I'm going to throw it back to you. I think we already know what one of your side hustles is going to be, but I want to hear more. Uh, So I did mention that I do Rover. So um, I have one dog who is a regular client and his... His owner is also in the industry, and so he flies out for probably about a week a month, um, mm-hmm. and his dog, Asher, comes and stays with me and my dog, Rex. And they are both the same breed, so it's like walking around with twins. And it's not a breed you see all the time. I have an American Eskimo, and so people are always like, what are they? They're just <laughs> They're these- so cute. So that's one of them that I do. Um, I did lift for a while, which was great. I loved doing lift. But I was having some car issues. And so for me, it wasn't economical to be driving my car that much and putting that much stress on it. I will say shout out to all the Lyft and Uber drivers. You get Uh, get me where I need to go. And also you get to – I think, again, with the retail, sometimes you have to put up with some interesting people that you have to drive. Oh, yeah. Like people who call you drunk because they tell you they put in the wrong address and then can't figure out where they are so you can find them. Exactly. So you do have to put up with that. But I'm pretty sure you also deal with some interesting people that you get to have some great conversations with. Because there are some times that I have Uber lifts like to the airport and they're like some of the sweetest, some of the nicest people ever. And they have these amazing stories. Yeah, I've made a lot of great connections. Um, even when I've been in just a passenger in Uber or Lyft, a lot of times I'll meet actors, of course. And if I like their look, I'm always like, give me your headshot and resume or give me your business card. Or I meet people who also work in the industry and maybe fill different job roles that I don't know a lot of people who do. So it is also a great networking tool. Yep. There's Amy, the businesswoman right there. Just have the, <laughs> just, just want, just, just give me, just give me that headshot. Just give it to me right now while I have you in this car at this moment. <laughs> so some of my main side hustles though, is I work with a family that has three autistic teenagers. Mm-hmm. So I go, I get the kids up for school, get them on the bus. And then after school, we sit, we do homework. I tutor the oldest one in French And I am also giving acting lessons and guidance to the youngest who just got her first agent. So that's a really exciting and challenging side hustle. It's definitely the most important job I do, even if it's my least career focused Mm -hmm. side gig that I do. I mean, if you think about it, it's focused for for when you eventually are going to have kids. Right. So it is focused towards my life goals. It is go towards my core goals. That is a good point. Mm -hmm. Yes. But their parents work in the industry. So it's fantastic. When I have a film come up, they are immediately like, no problem. We'll figure it out. Because there's more than one of us that takes care of the the kids. So we Mm -hmm. can kind of fill in for each other. But they're very supportive when I have to be like, hey, I'm shooting a sci-fi movie, so I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And they work it out and they completely support me. They toss me um, connections that they have. Like if they have a friend who's looking for an AD for a commercial, they will recommend them to me. Like, Mm -hmm. So they're also actively trying to help me reach my career goals. That's, you know, I'm absolutely blessed in that sense. Yeah, they're wonderful. Shout out to that family. They're great. They were very nice enough for when we were shooting 
our second film, Faith, they let us borrow their house and film on top of their apartment complex for almost an entire day. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were fabulous. They helped us, you know. Thank you. Work, yeah. Work with the owner of the thank building you. to get it to happen. Um, they're so supportive and other people having the opportunity and the means to practice their art. Yeah. No. So that was – thank you for that. Really appreciate it. And their kids are very sweet. They're adorable. They're so adorable. And then my other major money-making side hustle is I work um, as a personal assistant for someone who is the VP of a very big brand. And he's the head of – he's the vice president of production. So he's not the vice president of the company. He's the vice president of production. And they do a TV show once a month. They do a lot of branded content for different clients. Mm -hmm. And so I assist him in whatever he needs – And in return, I have now developed a really good relationship with that company he works for. So when they do some of this branded content, they hire me on as their production coordinator, which is much more closely related to the things that I do in the film industry and also makes me a lot more money than personal assisting. Yeah, that's great. So the boss that I do the personal assisting for, he has multiple jobs as well. He also runs an entertainment payroll company. And so I've done a little work for them. And he's in a band. And he's also one of the managers of the band. So now I'm also part of the management team for the band. I do all of their itineraries when they go out on the road. I Sometimes if they have a local gig, I will go and work the merch table. So even just the one job with him has turned into so much more. And because he's involved in production, he also owns his own production company. So there are opportunities that crop up all the time. A lot of times they are things that fit my skill set. And every once in a while, there are things that are more geared towards my career goals. Like when I do the production coordinating, that's much more in the realm of my career goals that I can put on my film resume because the skills transfer over to assistant directing and producing. He's really supportive in everything I do, although I know he doesn't want to lose me. And so he is dreading the day where I am shooting too many films that I can't also work for him. That will be a day that might be very sad, but at the same time, hopefully both of you will enjoy the happy times that you had together. Right. But And I have really prepared him for that in the sense that I don't want it to be one of those jobs where I feel like I'm stuck and I can't go do what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. So I constantly remind him I will not be here forever, but I also won't leave him in a lurch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a really great relationship in that sense. So I'm very lucky that both my job with the kids and my job with him and all of his companies, that those two, which I get most of my supplementary income from, are also very aware of my career path and very supportive of it and like to pass me connections or jobs that can lead me where I want to go. I would say definitely those ones are the ones you need to hold on to when you're doing your side hustles, because there might be times when I know I've been confused, like I'm doing this and this, what do I go for? You definitely want to narrow down to the ones that will not only build great friendships with who you're working for, because I think collaboration and a great friendship is key, but then they also will think of you and will consider you for other positions outside. So those ones are ones you need to hold on to until you're ready to fly the nest. Right. And because there are certain side hustles that it would be really hard for me to drop and leave to go do a film. And then it wouldn't be there when I came back. So like working in retail or working as a waitress That's fine if you're just taking off a day or two here to go to an audition or to shoot something. But for me, I end up having to take off, you know, weeks at a time. And 
my job would not be there for me when I came back. Both of these jobs are not only very understanding of that, but we have other support systems in place. So that way, when I leave to go work on a film, um, I'm not working for them anymore. I might like, they might reach out to me here and there for things that only I know, uh, which is fine, but it's, I'm not expected to keep up with them the entire time. So I, I can really focus on the job at hand. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And that's fantastic that they're so adaptable right understanding regarding that so it's definitely someone you want to keep in your corner for as for as long as you can until you don't really need them or like you're moving on to your own career path right Mm -hmm. my other lucrative side hustle because it's january this is actually the time where i am actively involved in this side hustle is i do tax preparation and information filing for production companies so You have your small little production company that you put together for, you know, a couple of short films or for one feature. So you don't do taxes for that all the time. You might have a tax person who's going to take care of filing your LLC taxes. But in January, you have to send out 1099s to all of your independent contractors and you need to send out 1096s to the government. A lot of times when I talk to these producers of these smaller production companies, they don't even know what a 1096 is, let alone be aware that this is something that they have to submit in January to the government. Um, 1096 is an information filing. It's basically just letting the government know that you had 1099 employees this year. You had independent contractors on your, you know, that you were paying and how much you paid them. Because even though when you have someone who's working for you as an independent contractor, no taxes are taken out of their pay. They're not a W-2 employee. But That doesn't mean that no one has to pay taxes on what they make. Like that person still is going to have to pay those taxes. So the government needs to know how much did they make when they were working for you because they owe us that. They owe us that percentage that you didn't pay as an employer. So right now I'm really busy. I think I have five clients and we're only halfway through the month. Um, So I'm going to be sending out you know, probably 200 1099s, you know, and a dozen 1096s. Uh, For a lot of people, taxes is overwhelming. And things have gotten better as we've gotten more intuitive online tax software with QuickBooks, with H&R Block's online program. TurboTax. It's TurboTax, exactly. But there's still so many things that are a mystery to people. Yeah. So, you know, once we move out of January, then I am available to help tax prep for individuals. Okay, then so, put me on your list. <laughs> right. So especially for independent contractors, because you have to pay taxes on what you made and it hasn't been taken out yet, it's really important to itemize deduct because there are so many mm-hmm. things that people don't realize are deductible. And so I do tax prep and will walk people through the process of filing their taxes online and getting the most out of it. Yeah. There's many times where we've gone out for lunches and we've gone out for times with parking the car. And then she's told me, no, 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 keep that receipt. No, 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 keep that. Like when she says, oh, I don't need a receipt. I'm like, yes, you do. This is a tax deductible lunch because this is a work lunch. We are out location scouting. (laughs) So I've, I've actually been doing my best to keep those receipts. But at the same time, I think I've now picked up the habit where I keep too many receipts and it just became all cluttered. So I literally just sorted through everything. Oh, you would not believe the mess that people handed me. Because even though people get confused about this tax process or they need me because I know more about it, 
you can imagine the state of the paperwork that they hand off to me. I mean, I have a few clients that are, they could probably do this on their own because they definitely have their shit together, but they haven't learned that skill. And so their time is better spelled elsewhere. They'd rather hire somebody who already has that skill and can do it for them. Mm -hmm. And so they hand me beautiful 1099 prep workbooks, which makes my job so much easier. But a lot of times I'm being handed bags and boxes of receipts with no notes on them, nothing. And um, it's a lot more complicated. It's like a tumbled piece of twine, except it's more breakable paper. So you have to gently separate. Yeah, it's like that scene in Stranger Than Fiction when he goes into the bakery to do her audit and she brings out these this box that's just a mess. And he's like, these are your receipts? She's like, no, I'm actually very anal. She's like, I file everything immaculately. She's like, I did this just for you. Thankfully, my clients don't do that to me on purpose. They just, they're not as organized as I am. But, and that's yeah. okay because I try to always leave them in a better spot for next year and give them small tips that I think are manageable tips for them. That's not going to be, you know, a whole new learning curve for them if they got to remember to write this on the receipt and put this here. I just try to give them small tips that will make it a little easier each time. Yeah. Slowly mold them into more organized people. Yes. So be aware that I will be reaching out after this and probably every once in a while I'll be like, hey, what's your daily tax tip of the day, Amy? Uh, I actually will give you guys all a great tax tip. All of your rideshare rides are tax deductible. So go into your Lyft or Uber account and print out that spreadsheet that it offers you of all of your rides for the year and total that up because that is all tax deductible. Well, it's unfortunate that I don't do rideshare because I just like to drive everywhere. But I know a bunch of friends that will be very and appreciative of that. now you're going to sound really smart when you tell them, don't forget to deduct your rideshares. They're going <laughs> to like, oh my God, Chelsea, you know so much about taxes. Oh, no, don't thank me. Thank my partner, Amy. She knows <laughs> everything. So yeah, guys, you can also feel free to tweet me. I'm, I'm a little easier to reach than a lot of CPAs at this time of the year. So um, tweet me if you have tax questions at Life Goals Pod. I will happily answer them if I can. So those are majority of my side hustles. All of my side hustles, I've talked about which ones have given me opportunities on different projects that are more career focused for me. Um, the only cons has mostly been me figuring out which side hustles to keep because I get offered a lot of positions that, oh, I need money. It sounds like a great idea. And I've had to make some tough decisions and go, you know what? I either A, don't have time for that in my schedule or no, it would turn into something that one, has nothing to do with my career goals and two, would detract me from my career goals. Yeah, no, I can totally relate on that. This past weekend, I mean, Amy was through this when I was texting her nonstop. Basically, uh, there were a couple of um, gigs or things that were coming up that I was possibly considering for. And it was bad on my part, but it wouldn't be until maybe the day of when I was supposed to go into an interview or whatnot that I um, was really considering, wait, these other things are coming up. These other things are happening. Right. Is this really the right move for me? Yeah. If this is the right move. And in my heart, I was feeling no, but because I wanted, I'm someone that for some reason needs validation just to feel a little bit better about my choices, even though that's something I'm working on. I was talking to Amy about, I don't know, how does this feel? How does this sound? Is this something I should consider or take? And I mean, 
you were very supportive of my decision. So thank you for that. I appreciate that because it wasn't. And then later on, there were other stuff that was coming up that was like, okay, this is going to occupy my schedule by working on this and working on that. Right. It's about finding that balance between working towards your career goals and having side hustles that not only help you pay the bills, but don't detract from your career goals. Yeah. I feel like now is more of a time where I'm more focused on instead of just taking any side hustle that comes my way, that mm-hmm. to be more focused on, okay, this will be related to this. This will be related to that. That seems like a good match. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think also the key is, is if you don't have a side hustle and you're looking for them, look for ones that A, won't detract from your career goals, will just help you supplement your income. But what also can make it easier is if you look for side hustles that utilize the skills you already have. Mm -hmm. Like you have a million skills and a lot of them aren't related to your career goals. Leverage those skills. Don't go to a side hustle where you're having to learn a whole new skill. Mm -hmm. Like if I had gone into waitressing, that was a whole new skill for me. Yeah. So that wouldn't have been the best use of my time, whereas I am very organized and a lot of my career has led me into things that have to do with management, that have to do with um, effective communication, that have to do with scheduling. And so those are some of the tools that I have to use in my side hustles. So my mom was a teacher and my original plan when I was a kid and I wanted to be an actress was my backup job was going to be as a teacher. So I was really ready to jump into teaching the kids when I started working with them. And I have a lot of other experience that has led me to be a good teacher. Those are skills that I can leverage. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, you know, if you're a dog person, you've got the skills to be a dog walker. But if you're not a dog person, don't become a dog walker. Exactly. And then also kind of just Uh, depending on what's offered to you, it might like sometimes it's like if it's a company that you may not be fully interested in. And so you're left in that dilemma. Should I go for it? Should I not? Because there are sometimes there would be a company that would be offering something. Because that's the thing is you also want to enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. Side hustles should not not be a black cloud on your day. They should be something you, you authentically enjoy. Yeah. And the last couple ones, there were things I did not enjoy or even if it, even in the administrative, like I love doing research. Like I love, that's one of the things I really love to do when it's one of those time gigs come up. So if it's something regarding research and like looking things up and like providing that information, I would say, yes, I would love to do that because I love kind of doing that. Reception work, I understand it's very necessary, but at the same time, it's not working towards my goals of what I want to do. It's Right. Not- and you've already learned a lot of those communication tools like we discussed, which makes you a good receptionist. Yeah. But how far can you take that? Is it really benefiting your career goals as a whole? Exactly. And it's even now it's still like being a receptionist on the phone. I still get anxiety over it because of my disability and kind of. Right. So it's just it's not. You don't need the extra anxiety. There are no. other side hustles that you can focus on. Exactly. Kind of direct and attention focus on and, you know, build from that instead. All right. So those were our side hustles and what we have done over the years to kind of, you know, make ends meet. But what does everybody else do? That was something we were intrigued with. And now we're presenting this segment that we like to call hashtag hunt. What we do, basically, we sent out a couple tweets and some posts asking people what their side hustles was. And then we also dug a little deeper to figure out some more interesting ones. Right. So we had people who responded on our Twitter or our Facebook page telling us about their memorable side hustles. And then Chelsea had this fabulous idea just to research hashtag side hustles on Twitter and see (laughs) 
what came up and what, what people were tweeting using that hashtag. So she sent me the list of everything she found. And then I've got my list of what we got from so our social media. And we've come up with this. This is kind of the cream of the crop of what we found. Yeah. So this is hashtag hunt side hustle edition. So here are some of the most memorable side hustles. A princess party planner. <laughs> A picnic dream creator. Oh. That sounds awesome. No, that sounds fantastic. When I saw the photo of kind of how they set everything up of the silverware and the plates. Right? Ooh. Like princess parties, we've all heard of princess parties. That's a great side hustle, especially if you're an actor. Mm -hmm. But a picnic dream creator just has this like, oh my God, like I want a picnic dream creator. Yeah, like make it like a nice either romantic like picnic or just with your all friends like old times. It's... <laughs> <laughs> the creativity is endless there. Right? Uh, barbecue researcher. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but count me in. It basically what I I couldn't wrap my head around it either. I literally tried to research it, and all I could find with the hashtag barbecue research was people at picnic tables with different types of barbecue and meals and meat just like eating it all around. Just like maybe it's like <laughs> focus group work for a barbecue sauce company. I see the very intense look in your eyes, so I'm just going to agree with food. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, barbecue, barbecue research. Dang, if you can make it as a side hustle, right? then go for it. Selling your plasma. Along with that would go with selling sperm, selling your eggs. <laughs> um, you get a lot of money for eggs, but you also have to have surgery. So <laughs> it's a much, much bigger dedication. A little complicated. Uh, no, uh, no. Growing weed. Yeah, as it's becoming legal in more states, that is mm -hmm. definitely a legit side hustle. Yep. Um, selling weed is a less legit one, but you know, yeah. that's, that'd be more career-wise if you're going total 100% legal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fan duel so, or the lottery. So I guess, mm -hmm. yeah, spend money to make money. You mm -hmm. got to play to win. Yep. You, if you're really good at those things, I mean, nobody's good at the lottery. It's just yeah. you buy a lottery ticket. But FanDuel could be something that you're really good at. Mm. So FanDuel is fantasy sports betting. Oh, uh, okay. So this would be an interesting blend of... <laughs> a blend of like lottery, lottery and like actually something that you have to be you know what you're talking about to be able to make good guesses. Uh, working for the census, that's great, except for the mm -hmm. fact that it only comes around every 10 years. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure when the next census is, but mm -hmm. it, when you hear that it's coming up, go get work as a census worker. <laughs> Editing thesis and dissertations for postgraduates. So if you're someone like Chelsea who wants to be a writer mm -hmm. or someone with really good grammar skills, that is another side hustle you can do. It's something that I've not uh, not theses, but I've tried to kind of look into kind of maybe freelance writer or copy or copy editing. Copy yeah, editing. yeah, it's a great gig. There are people who do it. That's their whole career. But if you just want to kind of dabble in it to make some extra money, there's plenty of college students and graduate students who would be interested in hiring you. Yeah. A spell check doesn't catch everything. No, it doesn't. And even the grammar lists don't catch everything. Yeah. Sometimes things just you write it out kind of funky or you need someone else's eyes on it. Yeah. Or to read it out loud. It seems like I'm looking the wrong places because I haven't found that yet. But right? we'll see. Again, on the topic of college, there is... Um, someone tweeted me that she did an adapted PE program for a community college. Ooh, really? So it sounds like that's, you know, 
PE program for people who have disabilities or limited mobility, uh, which is very interesting. It sounds like it's almost like philanthropic work, but she got paid for it. So it's a side hustle. <laughs> Works. Uh, they're selling um, cosmetics. Like if you did Avon or if you did oh. Mary Kay, I have a friend who's made her whole career on that, but it started as a side hustle. So if you have a passion for makeup, look into those. Nice. Doing swimming pools. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what is doing swimming pools? I think he meant construction and building the swimming pools. But okay. That doesn't sound like a side hustle. That sounds like your dad's a pool man. And on the weekends, you go help out your dad, the pool man. Where there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think it counts as a side hustle. That would be more like my side hustle is working for my dad's company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Children's storyteller. Oh, that's so adorable. I right? really like this one. That goes along with like kind of the princess party thing. Yeah, it does. Um, testing apps or games, uh, which if you're mm-hmm. a gamer, that is a great thing to get into. Yeah, no, I might need to look into that. People walker. <laughs> Oh, yes. What's a people walker? Oh, my gosh. This was hilarious. I looked on, I was looking and I found this. It was just like, who wants to people walk? I'm like, what is this? They actually have an actual website, peoplewalker.com, where basically you get a walking buddy to walk with you. So that way you have someone to converse with, you're safe, and, you know, have a fun, interesting experience. Okay, girls. So instead of jogging at night through Central Park by yourself, (laughs) Go to peoplewalker.com and enlist a buddy. <laughs> yes. May I, w- I suggest a big burly man if you still insist on work- doing it in Central Park in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the tweet included a photo of, of the of the, of the the poster being like, do you like being your own boss? Do you like walking everywhere? You want to talk with people? Then be a people walker. And it had this man with a very, very long beard with a very joyful look on his face and just like two thumbs up. Just, <laughs> and the little strips, there was already one strip taken. So it was like, okay, somebody. Someone's interested in people walking. Someone's interested in that. It's a buddy system, guys. Yes, it's nice. Autopsy tech. Autopsy tech. If you're someone studying to be in the medical field, I feel like that could be a good one. So this is actually one from our from our social media. Oh, okay. It was one of my friends who posted that she oh, was an autopsy tech. Nice. So I'm going to have to call her to get more tips on what that included. But may I recommend that to anybody in the medical field? Look, they obviously they need autopsy techs and it can be a lucrative side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then this last one made me laugh. Okay. Some guy got fired from McDonald's. Because he was putting his mixtape in all the Happy Meals. <laughs> oh, right. Now, I we fighting all that. know as a musician, <laughs> you have to be your own cheering section. You've got to get your music out there. Our producer is now laughing. <laughs> Our producer is also a musician. Yeah, he's, so he's probably done the thing where you stand on the corner with your CD and try to hand it out to people. But the, I have to say, this is inventive. Yeah. Putting but, your mixtape in Happy Meals. But here's the thing. You don't get a toy. You get my fresh beats. You don't get get a toy. You get my fresh beats to go with your meal. Have a good day, y'all. I don't know why I went there. But here's the thing. What genre would it be? Would it be rap? Would it be hope that whatever he was filling their Happy Meals with, that it was clean? 
Clean lyrics. Clean yes, lyrics, clean. people. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh maybe that's goodness. why he was fired from McDonald's. Maybe it wasn't for putting the mixtape in the Happy Meal, but it was because of the content of the mixtape. That would not surprise me. But I right? honestly, honestly, I would prefer the mixtape over the toy if right? I got a Happy Meal. I'm so sorry. So anyways, those were some of my favorites from the list that Chelsea sent me and from what our, our friends tweeted to us. Mm-hmm. If you have more or you have a really strange side hustle that you think should be mentioned, please, we want to hear about it yes. at Life Goals Pod on our Twitter or our Facebook. Yes, we'd love to hear more. because we hear any golden responses on there, we will bring them up. We will bring it up. We'll recap. Re- we'll recap and we'll just we'll just do a recap and like be like, this is like the most noted from research afterwards that right. needs to be mentioned. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of social media, next week we'll be doing hashtag overstimulation. So we want to hear your thoughts on our social media. So at Life Goals Pod, tell us about either some of the challenges you have with overstimulating or what are some of the coping mechanisms that you have developed. Chelsea was talking earlier about Noisily is the app that she is using Mm -hmm. to help her focus more and not overstimulate when she's trying to be writing. Uh, What are some of the other ones out there? Yeah. And then also, if you have any questions regarding um, if there's like how do you deal with this? Or what do you think would be the best thing? Because because th- there's sometimes where we find some things that work for us and there's some things that we're interested in learning a little bit more about. So if you have any questions, please feel free because we want to talk about this. Yeah. Because this is definitely something I need for, I, I think everybody needs, but it's definitely something I need personally. Especially so, yeah. in this world where we all ha- carry around more than one screen with us. We carry our phones, our tablets, our computers. Yes. When we're at home, we have also then our TV or all of our streaming services. It's really easy to get overstimulated or get sidetracked when we're supposed to be focusing on something. Yeah. And it's not that consuming all of this media is in itself bad. It's just about how we consume it. Yeah. And then managing the time of when we need to focus on this section or that section. Right. So yeah, if you guys have any coping mechanisms, have any ideas, questions, feel free to reach us at, at Life Goals Pod at both Twitter and Facebook. And we'd love to hear your responses. It'd be fantastic. All right. Well, I think that wraps up side hustles for us. It wraps up side hustles, but we do have one more segment that we have to go over, don't we? Oh my God. You're right. Yes. Yes, it's time for the it's time for the challenge slash mini goals segment. <laughs> yes. um, okay, I will go ahead and go first. So my challenge goal was to finish the educational materials for one of my films and get the film and the education materials up on my website and available for purchase. And what's the status on that? I didn't do it. <gasps> Wait, I I yes. Yes. Okay. Continue forth. Sorry. Ex- so, explain yourself. I started my vacation, focused on it, and I finished up the two PowerPoint presentations. I'm like, all right, good. They're beautiful. They're ready to go. And then I was checking on the other materials, the handouts, and I realized, because it had been like a month or so since I worked on it, that I was further behind on one of the units of okay. materials than I was on the other. And I was like, oh, God. And I just couldn't get myself into doing it. I ended up distracting myself and overstimulating. I instead was, you know, <laughs> drawing a lot and totally not focusing on it. So I still owe that. Yes. And you guys will all be updated when it is up and available for purchase on my website. And um, but that does mean that this week Chelsea is going to be able to assign me a movie. Yes. Before I- we move into that though, yeah. what about your goal? 
Yes. Uh, my goal was to get business cards made if I really want to step up and take freelance a little bit more seriously and be able to promote myself more. Yes, I actually did this. I bought my own cards through Vistaprint. So thank you very much, Amy. Oh, you're very well. I print. I got the order around Thursday. Thursday. Oh, so I they put, came in. Did you bring them in today? Oh, oh, no, no, no. What I meant was I placed the order. Oh, so you just got in Wednesday, right under Thursday, the wire two days right before under the we wire. I, if I wanted, if them only to, I had had time to do that this week. <laughs> here's the thing: if I wanted them to be here by today when we're recording, it would have cost another extra twenty bucks. Yeah, you so. don't need to do that. I'll no. see them next time. Exactly. Uh, well, I did show you a photo of what they look like. You did, but I want to put my hands on it and feel it tangibly. Well, you will get to feel with it, but. It, but the design looks cool, right? Yes, it does look good. Yes. And so I did go into this knowing that she succeeded where I failed. Uh, so Sorry. on that note. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to break the suspension of belief for everybody, but just I'm just taking pride that the score is one Chelsea, zero Amy when I thought it would be the other way around. But I, sh- I shouldn't be so proud and vain, uh, you know. I'm not a sore loser, but I will let her have her moment. <laughs> okay, moment is done because I want to sympathize, be like, yes, I understand, but at the same time, like, yes. Okay, moving forth. So I get to pick a movie for you. You do. Okay, now this is where I'm nervous because I feel like you've seen more than me. So this is for me taking my chances. Okay, so since you're working on something for educational material, uh, the first one that I... Because I had to come up with a couple. So we'll see what goes on. Have you seen Eighth Grade? I have not. It is on my list to see. Is, have you seen it yet? Is that the one that you said your brother really liked? Getting into that. <laughs> yes. Eighth Grade is a movie that my brother has seen. He raves about it. He loves it. He highly recommends it. Yeah, I've heard great things about yeah, it. Yeah. No, I will admit I still have yet to see it, but I... So that means you have to see it too. Yes. If you're assigning me a movie that you haven't seen, you have to see it too. I will see. Yes. I will make that fact. I would do a pinky promise, but you're sitting very far away. So yeah. So I will watch it as well. But this is one that I thought would be really kind of a good one because with um because it was um revolving around for especially today's day and age regarding it's the story about this girl that's finishing her last week of eighth grade and how she struggles with kind of social anxiety and communicating and opening up with other people though she has her own uh vlog and her own social media platform on trying to give advice to other people on how to be more open and how to be more communicative so she's very like counteractive yeah exactly there's a ad right now on Netflix for a new TV show. I believe it's, I think it's British. I'm not positive, Mm -hmm. but it's called Sex Education. I've seen posters for that. I want to see that. I want to watch that. Right? And all about a teenage boy whose mom is a sex therapist. And so he becomes a sex therapist at his school, but he is completely lost when it comes to his own personal relationships. I have to say, side note, I see Asa Butterfield. I just watched another movie with Asa Butterfield. I think he's a great actor. I love him. So just see him on that poster. I'm just like, Yes. But anyway, back to eighth grade. I think it would be a really good movie because it's not only revolves this girl kind of in, you know, you know, trying to enter puberty while getting education, while also trying to fit in with her peers. But I think it also speaks volumes a lot with today's society with how social media and that platform is sort of like changed the challenges for so much. Exactly. Because they just rely on their phones so much. And there's everybody my age is like, I'm so glad that camera phones were not a thing when I was in school. Exactly. There would be nude pictures of me everywhere. Yeah. And then also I think what's really interesting is how 
the adults, from what I've seen in the trailers and the clips, they're trying to adapt, you know, the the lit millennial age and social media platform. Right. So they're trying to adapt to that language. They're trying to adapt to that situation. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always work. So I think it would be really interesting to kind of see and watch that kind of like through Great. the eyes of an, of an eighth grader going into high school and kind of how she grows into her own shell while dealing with trying to be communicative when she doesn't really know how, especially in this day and age. Well, I look forward to reviewing that with you next week. Yes, we should make a movie date. <laughs> okay, so then we need a challenge for this week, though. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do that challenge, which is <clears throat> this. Hmm, what should it be? Do you, Do you want to swap and give each other challenges, or do you want us to try and challenge I, each other? I think this week I want to stick with challenging each other. We have talked mm-hmm. about um, maybe switching off and challenging the other to yeah. also help e- each of us get out of our comfort zone. But for me, because I didn't finish my challenge last week and I still have that to do, I would like to keep that challenge because I still need to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I didn't reach that challenge, I have to do it. So I'm going to challenge myself again to finish this. Okay. Um, So I am a step closer, but that is my new challenge is to get that up on my website. Okay. All right. And so if you like, Mm -hmm. I will challenge you to – not only watch the film yeah. that's going up on my website, mm-hmm. but to see if you can work through all the educational materials once I'm done with them. Oh. Because we have a couple extra days between, you know, our normal recording day and when yeah. we're going to be recording this time. So yeah. if I finish our – if I finish my project by the time we normally record, then you have to review it before we actually record. Ooh, and then give it in the intro and kind of be like, "This is what I watch. This is what it." Okay, you know, I'll, I'll take on, I'll take on that challenge. I'll take on that challenge that as soon when you get your thing done, I will watch it and I will review it and I will give out a best report that I can for. Yeah, because it'll be a little hard for me to report on it because it's mine. Because it's, it's yours. Because it's my work. It's, it's my bias. Baby. I need somebody else to tell you guys about it. Yeah. No. Definitely. I will take on that challenge. All right, so now that we've got our challenge focus, we're going to watch eighth grade. Yep. I've got to finish Playground Politics and pass it over to you to review. Mm-hmm. And exactly. we're going to start thinking about overstimulation and researching and getting info from our listeners about the things that they struggle with within overstimulation, their questions or what their tips and tricks are. Yeah, and maybe contribute with some of like our stories regarding overstimulation and maybe times when it was rough and when we got through it and then things that we still struggle with today, which I know that I do, but I'm very excited to kind of open up because honestly, by talking and kind of communicating, it's sort of putting forth what needs to be accomplished and to kind of take the step forward to, you know, be better. And that's all all of this is. It's taking steps forward to reach our hashtag life goals. And Mm -hmm. the only way we can do that is by pausing and examining and figuring out what we're not doing that we should be doing to get ourselves there. That's why we and started. What stuff this- we got to cut out the clutter with. Yeah, that's why we started this in the first place. Get rid of the clutter. Get no rid more of the clutter. clutter. Focus on your hashtag life goals. Focus, achieve, prevail. We'll see you guys next week for overstimulation. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day, y'all. And don't forget to follow us at Life Goals Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.